This is episode 310, Exploring Your Life Rather Than Analyzing It with Marley. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. As a reminder, every numbered episode that airs Wednesday is an unscripted, unedited, unproduced coaching session with me and somebody from the community. And every Saturday, I air a Coach's Corner where I have some amazing experts and people just with awesome information to share. Last week, we had Byron Katie on, so if you missed that, be sure to go back and have a listen. It was a great episode. Today, I have a 20-something on, young 20s. She's 23, and I know I have a lot of 20-somethings that listen to the show, as well as 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 70-somethings. We have such a wide range of listeners, which I really appreciate because when it comes to learning and growing and sharing and connecting, it doesn't matter what age we are. We're all in this human experience together. I have a particularly soft spot in my heart for anyone in their 20s. I'm sure some of you know that my first book that came out in 2005, which is crazy, I wrote it when I was just a young 20-something, is called 20-something, 20-everything. And I go back and read it from time to time and I'm like, wow, that was pretty pretty good for a young 20-something. And what I want to say to all the 20-somethings listening, and it was also my message to Marley today, is take the pressure off I just remember feeling so much pressure in my 20s to figure it all out, to figure out if every relationship was the one, every career move was forever. And there's just so much that changes from your 20s to your 30s. I don't really think we have a true deep understanding of ourselves until we're about 35. And this is not to patronize 20-somethings or to tell you're not wise or you don't know anything. That's not true. So many of you are old souls and you know a lot. And there's some things that life experience shapes and you just, no matter how much wisdom you have, sometimes just more years on the planet give you perspective. And so for anyone in their twenties, even early thirties that are feeling just so much pressure to figure things out, well, go grab 20 something, 20 everything or the 20 something manifesto, which was my second book. Don't love the title of it, but that was actually a really great book. Still is. I don't know why I'm using past tense. Grab those books take a deep breath and really allow this time to be about exploration, to be about personal discovery, rather than feeling like you have to make these life altering decisions and tons of adult choices. Now I'm not saying just party and have fun and don't take anything seriously because then you're leaving as, then you're living as a Peter Pan or princess. And that's not the way to go either. Be serious about your personal discovery learning how to meet your own needs, learning how to be the best partner to yourself, learning what excites you, how to speak your truth, what you value. Spend a little less time trying to figure out the external things like what exactly is my exact career? What exactly is this relationship with this person? That the, the finality of decisions, take that pressure off yourself and give yourself time to explore. And that was really my message to Marley today. So as you're listening to this call, consider When you're in a new relationship, do you jump to, is this the one? And start to try to analyze it all out. 
Did you grow up in a home where there wasn't maybe a lot of emotional availability? And so you panic when you don't have that in a partnership or a friendship? Do you spend a lot of time trying to figure things out and not enough time really creating and exploring and allowing things just to be? And finally, are you often more caught up in judging and changing someone else than you are really looking at how you can meet your own needs? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Marley. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, which is Third Love. They create high-quality underwear, sleep, and loungewear, delivering life-changing comfort for your body with cup sizes from AA through I, including exclusive half cups and lounge and sleepwear in sizes extra small to 3X. Get ready to feel good. I love their sleep and loungewear. I spend a lot of time at home. I'm really excited for when the weather starts to cool and I can cozy up in in like more of the loungewear. When it's summer in Austin, you want to wear as little as possible. But when I am wearing as little as possible, I'm making sure that I'm wearing my third love underwear and bras because they fit really well. They fit perfectly. So you can take the fitting room quiz and see how detailed it gets to really help you find the perfect size and style. And Third Love obsesses over each stitch so you never have to think about how something feels, looks, or wears. While trends come and go, Third Love has always stayed true to one notion. We do comfort and you do you. I love their new seamless collection. It's called Form. They're wireless bras and form-fitting undies with limitless stretch and endless comfort that disappears under your clothes. Now, I am a fan of wireless bras for a variety of health reasons and so glad Third Love has come out with their seamless collection. Third Love has the perfect fit promise. They stand behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free. Third Love is also the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S., partnering with organizations in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the U.S. They've donated over 40 million in products to help women make powerful life changes and even heal injured turtles. They're an awesome company. Third Love knows you deserve to feel comfortable and confident 24-7. So right now they're offering my listeners 20% off your first order. That's right, you got it. Go to thirdlove.com slash over it to find your perfect fitting bra, underwear, loungewear, whatever, and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove, T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E.com slash over it for 20% off today. And now on to my coaching call with Marley. Marley, welcome to the show. What's your question? Oh, I didn't know I'd get asked a specific question. Um, or I can say, so, how can I help? Either one of those yeah, work. <laughs> yeah. I am, I'd say, struggling in my relationship with mm-hmm. my own like judgments and like inability to just kind of like accept my partner for where he's at in some places. And it's been pretty difficult because, like, he's very unbelievably accepting and non-judgmental of me and just doesn't really feel good, nor do I want to be that way because I know I want to be with him. Mm. But I can't seem to let some things go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How long have you been together? Probably nine, ten, ten months. Ten months. Okay, so still new. And what are the things that you can't seem to let go Ooh, like there's kind of some silly seeming things like him smoking an e-cig and we have lived together in a van actually which definitely has been 
an intense first year, but like keeping shared living space clean. Those are more of like the sillier ones, but there's also, there's been some drinking um, and it's definitely improved a lot since we started dating. But other than that, I'd say some that like are kind of more serious, not serious, but for example, him, like I'm very open with my emotions. I talk about it. Um, he's a really great listener in that way. Like um, I'm very aware of my emotions and also how to cope. Like I'm a yoga teacher and I studied psych and I feel like mm-hmm. I've had like a lot of that coping stuff, like on the forefront of my mind. Um, for him, he gets in emotional states and like, isn't really able to even identify what's going on for himself personally usually until like late in the day if not the next day and then Mm -hmm. maybe he's maybe he's able to vocalize to me Mm -hmm. but I really struggle with that he's like you know I want to be able to share with you but I don't even know what's going on and Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know I don't know and I'm like well you need to do this you need to do that (laughs) you need to maybe go see a therapist like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I'm really on top of him of just like and then it's not supportive at all it's like hindering right and how old are you both? 23, both of us. Okay. So, well, you're like about five years ahead, even though you're chronologically the same age. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I ever dated a guy in his twenties, maybe once, but I don't think in my whole yeah. life, even when I was in my twenties, well, I guess, I guess one, I guess my yeah. ex-fiance was, but he was still older than me. Anyway, that's not to throw men in their twenties under the bus. People can be very evolved, but our brain yeah. doesn't even finish forming until 25. So part of what you're dealing with here is just immaturity. And I'm not calling mm-hmm. him immature. I'm like actually using it as a noun. Like it's just yeah. young, right? And you may be a bit of a more old, old soul. You've studied yoga and psychology. This is kind of your world. And he in some ways may not have enough life experience to really give you the depth that you're looking for. So I think part of this is a life phase thing. And have you kind of always been an old soul? Like, did you connect better with your teachers and adults or did you do really well with peers as a child? I did well with both, but I've definitely always been referred to as an old soul. Mm-hmm. Like I hung out with the adults at yep. family parties. <laughs> yep. Yep. So can you see how you're just naturally a little bit more mature? Yes. I think emotionally, especially, I think for a 23 year old, like when we first met, I thought he was 26 and he thought I was older and Mm -hmm. I haven't dated anyone under like 28 Mm -hmm. for a few years. And his last girlfriend was 30. So like, we're definitely both like old souls, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Um, And he gives the depth in a lot of ways of just like emotional depth and what he can give and like his kind of devotedness. Beautiful. Yeah. But the emotion recognition, that maturity is not there yet. And it might just take time. Yeah. It might just take time, but you're right. Being on him is not the way. And just know like there, there, this is probably not the only relationship you're going to have. You're probably going to have more you're probably going to learn and grow from relationships with multiple people over the course of the next decade or two. Who knows? Who knows? What I feel is you're putting a lot of pressure on this relationship. Like you want it to be a certain way. And so I just want you to get curious about that for a moment and ask yourself, one, does that feel true? 
is there kind of a pressure on this relationship? And if so, why? Why does there need to be pressure? There's absolutely a pressure. Like that there's no doubt about that. Um and the reason it's on there, I'd say, is more so because like when we both met, it was just this like intense, deep connection. And like I said, we like immediately went to living in van together, traveling mm-hmm. together, and kind of been like attached at the hips and Starting a date, um, both gone through some big things this year, individually and as a couple. And I think we share a very similar vision for mm-hmm. long-term future. Mm-hmm. So from the get-go, it almost felt like this really intense, like, and even when I brought him home and my mom has never been this way, she's like, Marley, I think he's the one. And I'm like, oh, don't say that. Like some part of me does too, like a big part of me, but I think there is a pressure on it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's not going to help either one of you. So my advice is going to sound maybe a little strange, but it's really to lighten up about this relationship and have fun and be 23. And (laughs) like, I understand the, the cleanliness in a shared living space. It sounds like you need to sit down and make some written agreements about that because that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, especially for people who react to their environment. When your environment's not organized, it it makes your head go crazy, right? So there's some agreements there. Um, But Mm -hmm. really, like, let this be a time in your life where you're really connecting deeply emotionally with yourself and you're being vulnerable and you're sharing your feelings and you just accept where he's at right now. Because you trying to get him to be more emotionally available, especially this young, only 10 months in, like there's, there's something in that for you that, that has more to do with, you just want a more intimate, emotionally available relationship. Something about him not being able to meet you in the depth that you want to be met makes you feel scared. So what does that remind you of? I obviously listened to your podcast a lot. I figured we should go here. Yeah, I've kind of gotten into this with myself. Like my mom drank a lot um, Mm -hmm. and I was kind of always like, I was never getting that consistency I wanted from her. Right. And it was, I was kind of always on edge and like trying to fix her and like do it in any way I could, whether that be showing anger or getting sad enough, like all of those things. And obviously, eventually, acceptance came. But it definitely, like, reminds me a lot of that sometimes Mm -hmm. where I'm, like, trying to fix or change. And And what's the feeling, that unsteady feeling? How would you describe it? Fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of what? A lot of things. Like, wasted time is a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, like, you know, investing a lot of energy and emotion into something. Um, at and an so, age where I can be mm-hmm. exploratory and not in a relationship, it's, I think, a big pressure to be in one when I was also really wonderful without one. Well, you can be just as exploratory within a relationship. Yeah. And to me, the success of a relationship is never based on longevity. It's based on what you learn. So this sounds like it's very healing in terms of like you have someone that isn't consistent in some ways that you want him to be consistent and you get to learn how to be with that inside yourself instead of trying to control it and trying to change it. 
and trying to get from him what you might not have gotten from mom or dad or whoever it is. And that's, that's the kind of ultimate experiment is if, can I give myself everything that I so want my partner to give me? And then it becomes a different conversation. If we're actually giving ourselves that and our partner still isn't meeting us and meeting our needs and they're not willing to do their work, like I said, that becomes a different conversation. But I think right now, because there's a part of you that's scared, you're trying to control him and get Mm -hmm. him to be in a place where he just might not be yet. Yeah. And he's the one who's pretty like long-term, like he's really in it and he's so unbelievably committed to me. And then I feel like it's the first time I've had that in a relationship where Mm -hmm. it's swapped and it's really intimidating. What feels intimidating? I think I seem to be his first priority. And to me, like my first priority is like a lot bigger of an idea of what I'm looking for in like all of life. Like a relationship falls into that, but so do a lot of other things. That's great. Um, (laughs) That's great. And maybe you need to be his first priority right now because where he is on his consciousness path is opening his heart more and waking up more to emotional intimacy. And maybe he needs you to be that right now so that the the pain of potentially losing you inspires him to open. Mm. You're not responsible for how he feels. You're responsible to tell the truth. You're responsible to keep your side of the street clean in terms of taking responsibility for things. Like I said, being honest, meeting your own needs, communicating your needs, not projecting, all that kind of stuff. But you're not responsible for how he feels about you. And so I'm going to say what I said before in a different way, meaning like you're 10 months in, you're overthinking this a little bit from my point of view. I love the questions you're asking. I do. And it's like, I just want to give you, for lack of a better word, permission or an invitation to just explore, to not think it needs to be a certain way to not try to change him, to not try to get what you might not have gotten from mom from him, but to just like be like, wow, what can I learn from this person today? What can he show me today? What can I learn about myself today in the relationships? See how you're kind of going in with conditions and standards rather than curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So can you just give yourself the freedom? Because it's like you're so managing, protecting yourself. Am I wasting time? Am I going to get hurt? Am I going to hurt him? There's so much future forecasting. Is he the one? Are we in it for the long haul? Like all these things, there's so much future that you're not able to just like explore this current relationship and this current dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I talked with a friend yesterday about how it's almost like I'm like, and it's the first time I've kind of talked to a friend about it. Like I haven't really opened up a lot, um, but how it feels like I'm, one foot in, one foot out almost at all times. Yeah. And it's like, that's because I'm future forecasting is a good way to put it. And it's like, then I can't actually be exploratory in it. Cause I'm always just like, right. well, if this is how it is now, it might always be this way. So why am I wasting any time with someone who might not be the one? <laughs> right. And you're collecting a lot of evidence against him. Yes. <laughs> Right. And then trying to change him and then your words being on top of him, which is no fun for either one of you. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, you know, you're 10 months in, there's nothing you're telling me that's unhealthy, abusive, toxic, manipulative going on here. 
I would say like explore. This is this is how I mean we're 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 we we're given such a bad model of relationship. It's like go out, flirt, date someone, decide if you're going to marry them, the end. Like there's no <laughs> like really what can I learn from this person? How can I explore? What kind of relationship is this? We're we go into relationships, so many of us trying to make a decision about, is this the one that we miss out on? What am I going to learn from this one? So just drop the whole, is it the one? What does our future hold? Is he emotionally awake enough to like be the father of my children? Whatever your thoughts are thinking <laughs> and just be like, wow, today, what can I learn today? How can we grow today? How can I move more into my heart and take down walls? Today, how can I accept this person? Today, how can I communicate my needs in a way that aren't needy, but in a way that's empowered? How does that feel? Good. Freeing. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's where you, I hate using this word, but should be at this stage in the relationship is in the investigation, yeah. in the curiosity, in the getting to know, not in the... I need to make a decision about forever. Yeah. Yeah. And every time you notice yourself trying to change him, just kind of look inside and go, what is, what is him not doing X, Y, Z triggering in me? Mm-hmm. And how can I help myself with that rather than wanting him to help me with my feeling by changing? Mm-hmm. Do you think you can do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can practice it. You can practice it. And you can make requests. You can handle the e-cigarette thing. You can handle the cleanliness thing. I'm not saying ignore the things that bother you. What I am saying is stop obsessing about the things that have finality attached to them. Mm-hmm. This is good practice for communication. The e-cigarettes, the cleanliness, all that stuff. It's great practice. Yeah. So I'd say another thing that's coming up, and I think this is this conversation's opening new ways for me to look at that as well, but like anger in this relationship that I haven't seen probably since my last serious longer relationship or like my relationship with my mom. But yeah, like a lot of anger comes up and I know deep down that it's just anger at myself, but like the root of it isn't even like logical nor a healthy thought for me. I'm like, Cause I'll get mad at him for like not being clean or whatever. And then I'm like, well, you knew he wasn't that clean when you met him. So why'd you start dating him? And then it really turns to being mad at myself of like, you should have known. And it's like this whole thing. And it's taken me a while to figure out that's why I get so mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the anger again, it's good for neither of us. And it's like, I think from what we're talking about, it's good to just look at that as a trigger as well. And like, Mm-hmm. sit with it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all coming from a place of the finality. Yeah. So when you think about the anger, for example, him not being cleanly or whatever, mm-hmm. um, what's the, the the thought that goes along with the anger? Because whenever we have anger, there's a thought too, like, I feel disrespected or you hurt me or you betrayed me or that wasn't fair. Or, what are the thoughts that go along with the emotion? It's like, I've told you this before. I know Mm -hmm. that you, I know that you know that this bothers me. Like how many times do I have to bring it up? Mm -hmm. Like, how is it not crossing through your head yet? Like Mm -hmm. 
all of that. And then, yes, it feels, it's almost, I think it feels like I'm disrespecting myself by continuing to be with someone who, mm-hmm. but it's not like he's doing anything awful at all. Like he's leaving his cup in the sink. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I can't breathe through that (laughs) well it's hitting the I don't feel heard button I don't feel heard I don't feel seen and that's a biggie wound for so many of us from childhood so when it hits that that's where you got to be really tender with yourself and that's when you got to come to him with vulnerability and say I'm really not trying to nag this isn't about me just being anal or a neat freak when I feel when you don't clean up or when you leave your cup in the sink, I feel like you don't hear me and it triggers my little girl and I feel alone and I feel sad and I feel not seen and not heard and it, it scares me. This is more to me than just a clean ban. And you share with that kind of vulnerability with him and you see if he shifts. You know, I was asking my husband to move something the other day And I didn't want him to do it alone. He's like, I can do it alone. I can do it alone. It's fine. It was this big like machine, like equipment thing. And he had a friend over and I was like, oh, wait, Michael's here. Can he help you move? And he's like, babe, I can do it alone. I said, listen, when I was little, the woman across the street from my grandmother was moving an exercise bike. And I'm not even going to finish the rest of the story because I don't want to put visuals in people's heads. And I'm scared something's going to happen to you. I'm not trying to be controlling. And right then and there, both him and his friend dropped everything and moved the equipment. Because I, I came from that place of my fear and really articulated that. And so I think your growth opportunity is to really drop more into your feminine, more into your vulnerability, more into your heart, and learn how to communicate in a way that does get you heard. Because I think part of why you're angry at yourself or him is you're also not communicating in a way that's getting you heard. So some of that anger is frustration as well. Because you're like, what do I have to do to like change this? So do you think you can practice a little bit more of a vulnerable approach with him? How does that feel? Good. Like I'm like smiling now and I'm like, that sounds a lot more enjoyable yeah. than screaming. Yeah. 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 And just know that anger is like the little girl inside just feeling not heard. So you have to work with yourself to go, okay, like we're grown up now. Like what do we need to do? How do we need to communicate this so that we are heard? So we do get our needs met. Because one of the ways we parent the inner child within ourselves is we as the adult self figure out ways to meet our own needs, but also communicate our needs in a way that get them met. That's one of the ways the inner child feels really protected and really loved and really seen. So just as he's got some emotionally, you know, growing up to do, so do you just in different ways. Yeah. Because there's always a projection. Whenever we judge anyone, we've got three fingers pointing back at us, right? Yeah. 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 Does this help? It does. I was like, how are we ever going to get through anything in 30 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) Even though I know you can do it. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it helped. Just explore, grow, learn. Purpose of a relationship isn't to get married and have 2.5 kids and buy a house. It's to grow and learn. 
and evolve. So keep reminding yourself of that. So thank you, Marley, for your honesty, for your vulnerability, and just for being willing to take an exhale. As I said in the intro, I'm not minimizing her experience or saying that, you know, because she's 23, this is the time not to take things so seriously. What I was saying is let this be a discovery process. Explore instead of collecting evidence and what may be wrong with him and is this the one and how do I make this into the relationship of my dreams? You know, it's been 10 months. It's new. Explore. She wasn't giving me any huge red flags. And what I think is a red flag in any relationship is when we're so fixated on what's wrong with the other person that we're really not looking at how we show up in the relationship. So that was really my my focus with her is bring the attention back on you. Really look at you. Look at where you get triggered. Look at where you need to speak up and communicate in more vulnerable ways. Instead of looking at, he needs a change, he needs therapy, da, 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 da. Put the emphasis back on, okay, how can I learn and grow? How can I look at my communication in the relationship? You know, every relationship is practice. Every relationship is a growth opportunity. I hate that we judge relationships based on their longevity. And we get into relationship and as soon as we're in it, we're like, is this it? Is this it? Is this going to go the long haul? Is this my partner? Am I going to have children with this person? (laughs) Like, are we going to buy a house together? Instead of going, hmm, what is this person teaching me? What is this person triggering me with? What mirror are they holding up? What parental patterns, wounds, issues are they triggering? Are they reminding me of? What could I possibly be attracted to that's also a healing opportunity here? But when we get into, this is the one, I have to make it right and start collecting evidence on all the things we need to change about that person, we often miss out on the growth opportunities. So no matter what your age, my advice to many of you is, now look, I'm all for processing, healing work, connecting dots. You listen to the show, you know, I'm totally into that, but we can take it too far sometimes. And we can sometimes get so lost in the, how do I shift this person and all that kind of stuff that we forget about fun and we forget about exploration and we forget about being just curious about what we're learning. You know, one of my greatest life hacks is instead of deciding, I know what a lesson in life is, you know, that I'm going to make meaning out of something before I make meaning out of anything, I allow myself to be curious and go, huh, this is interesting. I wonder what I'm going to learn from this. And that puts us in uncertainty, which the psyche doesn't like sometimes because uncertainty can feel scary. But when we can be in uncertainty with curiosity rather than panic, it takes us out of analysis and allows more of a revelation process to unfold. So if you can relate to being in a situation like Marley, where you're trying to figure something out, trying to change something outside of you, I just ask you, be curious, explore, and take the pressure off. That's our show for today, everybody. Thank you for listening. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. 
And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 